Hey guys, my name is Petey, and today I want to talk about an incredibly famous chapter in the Bible where Jesus confronts the adulterous woman on the brink of being stoned by the Pharisees. And the way that he handles this situation is something we often hear described in churches as this incredible moment where Jesus used his grace to nullify the law of God or where he uses comes in with grace and with his grace this guilty woman is absolutely set free from all consequence um, that of what she deserves now today I want us to test that for a second oh it's it's so famous to hear that in our churches and and I think that when we go and we really dig into this and we actually go to the very text that Jesus knew so well, in, in other words, the Torah and the prophets, the front of our books, the very text that this whole New Testament chapter is built on. If we don't understand the original text, we will not understand what Jesus meant or what he wrote in the sand. Because a lot of us can make assumptions of what he wrote in the sand, but if you understand what, where Jesus was coming from, why he did what he did, then you will suddenly click and it will suddenly become so clear to you of what he wrote. So let's dive right in. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Jesus, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. So what do you say? They said, this they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. So this is a very, it's a really beautiful story. I think we can all agree where Jesus kind of saves her from the hands of these Pharisees who wants to stone her. And they claim that they are kind of using Moses' law or the law given by God to Israel through Moses. And he, they are standing on that and saying that based on that, they have the authority to stone this woman. Now, there is a red flag that needs to go up right now because if they had the full right to do this, then we need to question why Jesus went against his own word. Because God is the one who said in the beginning that this is how you deal with this issue. And he, God himself, God gave, not man, not, no, this is not the teachings of men or tradition, but God himself came and said, this is what you do with an adulterous woman. You stone her and this you do to get the darkness from your midst, get the sin from your midst. Now we need to ask the question, why did Jesus come up against that? Or well, it seems like he did. Now guys, many people use this story, like I said, and they say, well, the grace of Jesus, he was using his grace to basically tell everyone she is now cleared. You can now leave her alone. Don't touch her. She's not, you can't stone her. And, and it's his grace that did that. Now, don't get me wrong, guys. I love the grace of God. I love 
the grace that saved me and the grace that picks me up when I fall of when I sin and and all that and, and I'm all for that but this story is not about that let me show you what I mean in the law there is two requirements that's been built around the law of stoning you cannot go and just say oh this is a adulterous woman she deserves to be stoned and then you get a group of friends together and then you stone her it's not how it works and if you do that you will be breaking the very law that you say you uphold they say that they're upholding the law of moses they are saying that by the authority of moses because moses commanded us to do these things that's why we're doing it that's what they said but that's not the truth because moses never said that they can do what they were doing Moses commanded a few instructions around the law of stoning to protect the people who are accused. Let's look into it. In Deuteronomy 17 verse 5, first off, we need witnesses. And they say, Then you shall bring out to your gates that man or woman who has done this evil thing, and you shall stone that man or woman to death with stones. On the evidence, on the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses, the one who is to die shall be put to death. A person shall not be put to death on the evidence of one witness. The hand of the witnesses shall be first against him to put him to death. And afterwards the hand of all the people. So you shall push the evil from your midst. So there's two instructions in here. First off, you need two to three witnesses. If you do not have two to three witnesses, you cannot do this. You cannot make an accusation even. You cannot even gossip. You cannot even think of stoning someone without two to three witnesses. And secondly, what he says is that the hands of the witnesses, the guys who come forward and say, yes, I witnessed this happen. Their hands are first to cast the first stone. Right. And now when we go back to the story of Jesus, he says, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. So he is saying that he's basically saying that let those who are the witnesses cast the first stone because they are supposed to know the law. They're supposed to know that the witnesses are the first ones to cast the first stone. So Jesus is just repeating the law here. He's actually he's just saying, let those who are without sin, the ones who witnessed, let you guys be the first to cast the first stone. But he knows he was catching them out because he knew there were no witnesses. They were not, there was no witnesses there. They, it was just a group of people who were coming up against her and trying to stone her. So in that very act of them trying to defy the law itself, they were in sin. They were in sin because they did not apply the law correctly. And then secondly, we, we, we read that we need a city gate trial. Without a city gate trial, you cannot stone anyone either. He said, we read in Deuteronomy 22 verse 24. Then you shall bring them out of the gate of that city and you shall stone them to death with stones. So the first off, you need the witnesses. The witnesses need to be the first to cast the stones. Secondly, you need to, do, to take these people to the gate of the city. And do it in that place. And why at the gate? Why, why? What is that about? And we read in Deuteronomy 21 verse 19. Then you sh- the father and his mother shall lay hold of him and bring him unto the elders of this city and unto the gates of his place. Because in those days what was happening is at the gates of the city. That was the place where the judgments was taking place. So there is 
witnesses that's required. The witnesses are the first to cast the stones. There is a judgment, a fair judgment with the elders, and with judges who have been appointed by God, who needs to make the decision. You can't just go and make the decision on your own. And so we read, and Jesus stood up and said to her, Women, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you, and go now and sin no more. So he's saying that, Has anyone condemned you? No, because for her to be condemned, for her to stand condemned, there needs to be witnesses. There needs to be a trial, a fair trial at the city gates. None of that was there. She was unable to be condemned by the very law given by Jesus himself in the beginning, by God himself in the beginning. So she does not stand condemned. And so Jesus himself said, so then because of that, neither do I condemn you. And yes, Jesus did save her from the hands of the Pharisees, but he did so by the very law given by the Father. You see, guys, today we have many people who come and say, well, you know what? If you want to say you should keep the law, then you need to keep all the law. Oh, and that means you need to stone people too. No, you cannot go and stone people. It does not, because, just because I don't go and stone people doesn't mean that that law, um, that law is abolished. You see, when, when you drive a car and you see a red light going off for pedestrians, you're not going to stop at that light because it's not for you. You're in a car. In the same way, you're not going to apply a law that is not for you because it's not for you. You cannot apply this law because this, there is a governmental aspect to this law that needs to be in place for you to be able to apply it. There needs to be a city gate system. In other words, there has to be a governmental system built around stoning. There has to be judges of the land who would be willing to sit and agree and be like, okay, this is these, there's witnesses, there's all these things in place, so this can take place, the death penalty can take place, or the death penalty cannot take place. See, Jesus did not here come and abolish the law. Jesus did not come to abolish the Torah or the prophets. He said in Matthew 5 verse 17, I have not come to abolish the Torah or the prophets. I've come to bring it to its full meaning, to its fullness, to fulfill it. And then he says, whoever teaches that the least of these is abolished will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. If you teach the law of stoning is abolished, you'll be called least in the kingdom of heaven is what he says. You see, guys, when if Jesus was to to abolish this law, to say that this is totally abolished, you know, then what's next? Now, on the, in the next chapter, we're going to have to read how there is a serial killer brought to Jesus. And then he says, no, uh, the, my grace is enough. Let the serial killer go on. We're not going to punish him. Let him go on. Let him free. No, that's not how it works, guys. Jesus did not. That's not how it works. God is a fair, just judge. And he and those who are guilty, those who are guilty will bear the consequence of their sin. That's how it works. He's a just judge he's loving because you can't be a loving judge and not be just all right so but what god is against is if we incorrectly apply his instructions if we twist his instructions for our own goodwill our own desires you see these men who came to jesus they were trying to get to to kill this woman and they are laying charges against her which were not valid in the eyes of god that was what their sin was that is what their sin was. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger in the sand. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to him, Let us with him without sin among you be the first one to cast the first stone. So there is a direct connection between what he wrote in the sand and what he said next. He wrote in the sand something and then he said, Let the one who is first among you be the first to cast the stone. 
Isn't it obvious, guys? Doesn't it become clear now that what he wrote in the sand is the very Torah of Moses, the very instruction of God, the very word that they were supposed to know? He wrote in the sand the fact that witnesses are required and the hand of the witnesses are first to cast the stone. And then he stood up and he said to them, let the one who is without sin be the first one to cast a stone. And immediately all of them were like, oops. Suddenly they realized they have sin because they have, they have disobeyed. They've picked and choose which part of the instruction they want. And they've thrown out the part that says that they need the witnesses. Furthermore, then we read after that, then after he said that, the elders departed first. Why did that happen? Because the elders were the ones who were supposed to know the law. The elders are the wise ones, the ones who, who have studied their whole life. These are Pharisees. They're supposed to be educated in the law and they were, they were supposed to study it their whole life. So the elders, of course, they departed first because they were the first to probably realize what he wrote right there in the sand is from the very book they claim to follow and the very words that they claim to be, have the authority to be able to stone this person. But so then they realize that they have sinned because they have disregarded the very Torah of Moses. So what we learn about this, this here is that incorrectly following the law of God is sin in itself. And this is why you can't go and make a sacrifice in your backyard. Because the word of God says it needs to do this in a tabernacle or in a temple or in any place that the, that the, 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 the Lord has set apart. You can't go and do that wherever you do want to. And if you do, that is sin. And that's the exact same thing that we would see happen here. It's the exact same thing. And this is the same. This can, we can apply this to all the instructions of God. It's uh, when we say we are, we are, the instructions are not abolished. It does not mean that we are to now twist and turn them so that we can follow all of them. It means that we follow those that we can follow. Those that have a green light for us to follow. The green light that is for us, we proceed. If it's not a light for us, we don't, we don't follow it. If we're in a car and it's a pedestrian light, we're not going to obey it. If it's a law for a priest, we're not going to obey it. If it's a law for a woman and I'm a man, I'm not going to obey it. doesn't mean the law is abolished. It doesn't mean the law is not applicable. It doesn't mean the law is nullified. It doesn't mean that Yeshua abolished the law. It means it's not for me. Right, guys, I hope this sheds some light on the matter. I hope this clears some of it up to you. You see, a lot of people would say that the law of stoning is abolished because it's a civil law or, or you know, all stuff like, kind of stuff like that. Guys, there's no law and line in the sand that's been drawn in the Bible where God has said that this is a civil law. You don't need to follow this one. This is a moral law. You need to follow this one. God did not ever do that at all. He did say one thing, though. He said, there is one law. For the native and the stranger, for every one of you who says you want to follow me, you follow that law. And it's one. That's what the father said. It's not about civil law. It's not about moral law. It's about following the laws that you can follow. If you're in a pagan land such as ourselves where the governmental system hasn't been built around the instructions of the father like it was in this instance, then we can't follow it. Right, guys. So the, the point of the matter is, is that we follow all the instructions of the father. We follow all of it as far as we can. And those that we simply cannot follow, we can follow. And that's how it is. We do that the same in our, even in our governmental laws, you know, you're not going to follow a law that's not for you. I mean, I know in the US there's I know they say that there's actually more laws. You know, people complain about the 613 in the, in the word of God. But in the, in, the, in, the, in the U.S., there's like more laws than people can actually count. Even the most 
educated people can't actually count how many laws there are because it's it's millions and millions and millions of laws like so many laws so guys let's let's stop complaining the father said that this is not impossible for you to do I'm not saying that it's, 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 we are supposed to be perfect people, but the Father said that what I'm commanding you today is not a hard thing. So these preachers who've been telling you it's a hard thing, it's an impossible thing, it's a burden, all these things, it's a lie according to the Word of God. Because guys, I can tell you from my life, man, oh man, when I started following the law of God, the instructions of the Father, the way that He intended it to, for me to follow it, I got freedom. You know, freedom from disease, sickness, all these things. And as Christians, we already follow around 90% of the Torah already. We might as well just go the, re- the rest of the way and follow the one or two that we are not, that, that Christianity teaches is abolished. The fact of the matter is, none of it is abolished. God has set aside for us His grace, but His grace follows obedience. So guys, I hope this encourages you and blesses you. Please pray about this one because I know there's going to be a few of you who might be upset with my teaching on this because uh, I've heard this so many times thousands of times in churches where we just the, the preacher just says oh you know Jesus just kind of you know his grace just kind of excused her from this the fact of the matter is that the consequence of this instruction the consequence of breaking this instruction the consequence of committing adultery the consequence of that is death that's what the word of god says that's the weight of the matter and so when we look at our churches today guys let's be honest is that the weight of the matter are we putting the weight on adultery that we should be because right here not too long ago the 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 same time that jesus was still walking this earth people were being killed for it And I want to submit to you that if they had the witnesses, if they had the city gate thing down, they took her to a city gate, they did all of those things, Jesus would not have spoken against that judgment. Because if he did, he would have sin on him. How can I say that? Because the very definition of sin, the very definition of sin against John, according to John, is the transgression of the law. So if Jesus spoke against the law itself, the correct application of the law, He would be in the transgression of the law. He would, in other words, have sin on him. And he would not be a pseudo-sacrifice for me or you. That's the reality of the matter. I'm sorry if it steps on toes. But that's the truth, guys. So, guys, let's pursue the truth of the matter. You see, you know the reason why people don't get this? is because they don't know the front of their books. They have never read through Deuteronomy with attention and detail. They've never gone through it and, and studied the Torah. They studied the very book that Jesus studied before he started, started his ministry. They studied the very book that Paul studied. Studied the very book that John studied. Studied the very book that Peter studied and everyone else. We need to keep in mind the only book that they had, the only scriptures they had was what we just read in Deuteronomy. That's all they had. And so today we never read that. We never study that. We pick and choose the verses we want. We take it out of context and we twist it to our own destruction. And that's why Yeshua said, my, or God said, my people are perishing for a lack of knowledge. What knowledge? The only knowledge that existed is the scriptures, the front of your book, the Torah and the prophets. All right, guys, may God bless you and keep you. Have an amazing day. May He shine His face upon you, lift His countenance up upon you, give you grace and blessing, and I'll see you guys in the next video.